going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Vile Files. I'm Nick, your host, and joined by my producer, Chrissy. <laughs> How are you doing, Chrissy? How's it going so far? How are you liking this? You ready to quit? I mean, no, not yet. Great. Pretty good. I like it. I'm learning <laughs> a lot. I'm learning a lot. Yeah. Um, what's going on in your world? Not much. I'm quarantined here in Connecticut. How how's how's mom? She's she's good, man. She's she's filling me up with the digital content. I gotta tell you, she's always like doing something fun in the neighborhood, doing something kind of kooky, and I, I I dig it. I like it. So I join in the fun with her. Is that why you went home during quarantine to use your mom as an influencer? Dude, my mom's gonna be the next influencer for sure. She's gonna be it's gonna be huge. It's gonna be huge. Uh um well that's i can't wait to promote her on our <laughs> she'll be our next, she'll be our interview next week it'll be great our next guest uh well we have a great guest this this week uh megan tanjas is our guest who uh is a very uh, talented and uh outspoken person uh in her own right uh she's been you know, active on the internet for some time now, and uh, obviously very uh, outspoken about things like body positivity and and um, uh, cancel culture, and um, I don't know. Help me out, Chrissy. Uh, you know, things just like you know, fat shaming, um, stuff like that. Right? Am I getting it right? You're getting it right. I think she really kind of like sits there and represents like the body positivity culture and that she had experienced so much from being on the internet from 2006, uh, how people commented and body shamed her. And she has uh, turned that around to be something that can help other people with their self, their self worth. Yeah. It's a, it was an interesting conversation. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, we, she just, you know, helped, uh, you know, shed some light on her point of view and it was, um, you know, it's obviously I enjoy having these conversations and I hope that people, uh, whether they relate to Megan um, and the things that she, she says or, or they don't relate, they, you know, you, you listen with a kind of open um, mind in terms of you know, how we interact with our, 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 with each other in the world, on the internet um, and how, um, how we can only always use these point of views to, Again, just become uh, more educated and, and friends to to you know everyone, whether whether you identify with them, whether you don't identify with them or not. And um, it was it was fun chat with Megan, and I I hope you guys really enjoy it. Uh, other than that, I think we just uh, should get right to it. Don't forget to check us out on uh, Monday coming up uh, with uh, my friend and very kind of uh, funny comedian Adam Ray helps. Uh, with uh, a very fun Ask Nick episode. And uh, other than that, um, I think we're going to be recapping uh, the Bachelor Best of All Time shows. So check us out there. Uh, I know Caitlin's episode is, I think, number two in the docket. Uh, recap the recap. Recap the recap. It will be fun. We'll see if we maybe <laughs> get some fun. old guests or whatever, have some fun with it. Um, you know, uh, and then, you know, maybe I'll get, I uh, think we'll get to my season. Um, I don't know if that's like official or, or not or, or what, but it'll be a lot of fun, I think, going back. And why not? We'll, we'll use it as a way to continue to talk about all things Bachelor Nation going on in the world. Uh, maybe, you know, hot gas. I don't know. It'll be fun. And if you have nothing better to do, check us out. Uh, other than that, uh, let's get right to it. Megan Tonjes. Embark. Ooh, baby, embark. Get to know your furry. Canine friends a little bit better. 
Um, we've talked about Embark a lot on this show. It is uh, one of my favorite friends of show because it's just such a fascinating thing. And also it just makes a ton of sense. Uh, so many of you are, are dog owners and so many of you obviously encourage uh, rescuing dogs. Um, and we always love to know information about the, the people and dogs and things that we love. And Embark is making that possible with your canine friends. Um, if you're wondering if your dog is a purebred or not, or a mutt, or what kind, or how old they are exactly, uh, if they have any relatives, uh, Embark can help you get that information with a DNA kit. Embark can identify over 350 breeds, types, and varieties. And then you can figure out whether maybe does your dog have any um, health conditions you need to be aware of, uh, things that you can provide to your vet to help you know better uh, treat your dog. Uh, I know our executive producer has a, a wiener dog that he rescued and found out he was like really old. And now he knows. And he's 100%. Is it Beagle or Wiener? I don't know. It's not my dog. But he got a lot of information about it, and he loves it. Uh, I know Suge, who you guys, who's been on our show before, uh, she did it uh, uh, because she always got asked about uh, Oliver and, and what breed he was. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a great conversation started with people, and uh, uh, I think it can be very helpful. So check it out right now. Embark has an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Go to Embark vet.com now and use promo code v-i-a-l-l to save 15 percent off your dog breed and health kit visit embarkvet.com and use promo code v-i-a-l-l to save 15 percent today embarkvet.com and use promo code v-i-a-l-l flamingo uh people why spend so much money on waxing when you you know honestly Ken, you're not even supposed to leave your house anyways right now in flamingo is helping you wax whatever you want uh, and get rid of unwanted hair. You know, um, personal question, Chrissy. What's Do your I waxing? Wax? What's your <laughs> waxing situation? Well, I am home, so I'm not going to the salons. But I don't usually go to the salons for a wax anyway. I usually do it myself. So flamingo is amazing because you get these amazing strips. I do my own eyebrows. They look amazing. Uh, mm, you put the amazing strips on. <laughs> You rip it off. It's fun because you can see all the little hairs on there. And then they have this amazing aloe that you can put over it. So that it makes it nice and soft. It doesn't get red. It doesn't irritate your skin. It works great. It all started when a collective of women at the men's shaving brand Harry's saw the need for better body hair removal products for women. And you know what? It's a thing. Flamingo was born. Their head-to-toe wax kit contains everything you need from stress-free at-home waxing, from body and face wax strips to calming aloe vera serum. Mm, that sounds like a, an experience. Yeah, a lot of people do think they have to go to a salon, but it's really, really easy, and especially if you're OCD like somebody like me. You just take the strips, you look in the mirror, and you put them on your eyebrows, for example, right in the areas that you have to like trim up. So try the Flamingo head-to-toe wax kit today at shopflamingo.com slash V-I-A-L-L. You get 20 face wax strips, 24 body wax strips, post-wax claws, and calming aloe vera serum for just $19. That seems unbelievable. And it ships for free. Bam. Wow. See why Refinery29 calls it the only at-home wax strip they've not hated. That's a strong statement. Get yours today for just $19 plus free shipping at shopflamingo.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Hi, Megan. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for joining us. Anytime. 
yeah, I want uh, I wanted to have you on. I thought you would be a, a, a great guest, especially in our times that we're in. I I was uh, my wonderful producer Chrissy uh, introduced me uh, to to you. Yeah, and then said how you're one of the more thought provoking people out there, and I said, ooh, same. I like it. Uh, I definitely, I, I'm opinionated and I talk a lot on the internet, so yeah. And lately, same. I've been doing a little bit of that, and I thought that would be kind of an interesting discussion. Yeah. Um, about uh, sharing your thoughts on things, uh, hot topics, um, and kind of the responsibility that comes with that, uh, the the pros of that, the 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 negatives of that. But uh, first, I thought we'd just spend a little time getting to know you in in terms of kind of what you're all about and what you're best known for. Um, enjoyed reading your bio. Your bio is a little more creative than mine on my Instagram. Mine's just taller in person. I'm sure my manager would yell at me about my bio, but, you know, I'm having fun. (laughs) Fat, blessed, and thriving. Why would your manager yell at you? Why would your manager yell at you about that? I mean, maybe not my manager, but a manager would probably be like, this is not, this is not great for SEO. We need to put, you know, you need to link this. You need to do this. But I I love my manager, but I don't always agree with his point of view. There you go. Managers are meant to be risk averse and you don't strike me as someone who is all that risk averse. No, no, uh, uh, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you've been very outspoken, obviously, especially when it comes to body images, body positivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that would be, you know, obviously, maybe we just kick things off talking about that, um, sure. just because that's something you've been you've been on the forefront of, mm-hmm. and you know, I just was watching some of your work and and, and reading up on you. Um, I would imagine, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, some of your messaging, while well spoken and thought provoking and interesting, isn't always um, initially received well. Where there could be some confusion in terms of like, what does she mean, or some pushback. Yeah. What I've noticed recently with some of the things that we've talked about, um, you know, all the Hannah Brown stuff and. And the use of the N-word is you find that a lot of people get defensive when they hear um, opposing point of views because, mm. quite honestly, they're thinking to themselves, well, I'm guilty of saying or doing the same thing. And so am I a bad person? So I want to defend the old school way of thinking mm. because internalize, in, internally I'm feeling a little shame myself. Um, so anyways, could you did share a little bit about, you know, obviously some of your thoughts on your body images and specifically um, this kind of the culture we have and how we talk to people and encourage them and put a lot of emphasis on, on the way we, we look is specifically to our size. Yeah. Um, you know, I started making YouTube videos in 2006 And so pretty early on, I was just playing music, putting things up there, and I would get messages from other women who were like, I look like you and I want to do this, but I see the comments you get and I could never do it. And so I think that was kind of the first moment where I was like, light bulb went off and I thought, why? it's such a sad world that we like, we we feel like we can't do the things that we want to do because we're afraid of what people might say. And so I think, you know, initially I started just making music and eventually just started speaking up about the ways that I was viewing the world, the ways that I was feeling, things that I hadn't been able to say when I was younger, things that I hadn't been encouraged to feel when I was younger. And uh, that's kind of turned into just part of what I do. I think that, you know, we live in a world that uh, 
it's such, it's so uh, one side or the other. It's like, if I'm talking about feeling good in my body and loving myself, regardless of how the world sees me, it's like, I'm, I'm promoting obesity. And I think that what I'm really doing in a lot of ways is I'm just questioning the world that I'm in and pushing back and asking, well, why am I supposed to feel less than because I look a certain way or because I have this much weight or whatever it is. In a lot of ways, uh, I've been able to do really incredible things. Like I went on Ellen in, tw in 2011 uh, to talk about online bullying and to perform and, and do all these incredible things that um, if I hadn't been in the position I am and if I hadn't kind of been a fat woman on the internet, I might not have had the opportunity. And I just think it's important that we understand that there we're, we know, we kind of get these, we get told over and over again that, you know, you, it's about who you are inside. It's, you know, it's more than whatever, but I don't think that our society and our culture really lives up to that. I think that we just kind of accept things as they are, how they've always been, how we've been told. We've all been told you should be dieting. You should be doing this. You should be working out all the time. You should look like this. These should be your goals. And I think that I'm just someone who's in their thirties. It's, pushing back and saying, well, those aren't my goals. I don't wake up thinking about how many calories I'm eating or what this, what's happening here. I kind of, I just want to exist in my body and feel good about it and um, let other people know that it's possible to be loved and to be admired and to be respected. Um, it's just the world doesn't make it easy when you fit outside of a certain box. Sure. So... Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that uh, being stressful, specifically, obviously, too, in the times we live, we talked about like cancel culture and everyone's kind of mm -hmm. tiptoeing around. Can I even say what I think? Because I don't know if someone's going to have a problem with it. But, you know, you even talk about um, just kind of this idea, and I'm guilty of it, right? Of you, you see someone and you're like, oh, have you lost weight? You look great. Mm. You know, yeah. that kind of mentality. And I know you've been a bit outspoken on that. What do you, I mean, can you elaborate on that and kind of yeah. your thoughts around that message that, um, that kind of what people feel um, potentially when they hear that type of messaging all the time? Yeah. Uh, so I made a video talking about um, why I don't think you should congratulate weight loss. And it was one of the things where I put it up and I had to mute the thread instantly because I as bet. much love yeah. as much love as I get, I get a lot, a lot of hate. And so people were very upset. People were very, they feel like I'm taking something from them. Like, well, I'm still going to tell people they look good if they lost weight and I don't care. All I'm doing is offering a perspective that when you're commenting on someone else's body, the idea that you have in your head as to how they got there and why they're there is not accurate. And so sometimes you're, and there are a lot of stories that people shared where you're complimenting someone's weight loss and they have cancer or they have an eating disorder or you know they've been um, calorie restricting and doing all these things and they're miserable, but they look good to you. And so now it kind of reinforces this need to keep going down the same path. And I've had that experience. I lost a ton of weight very quickly and people flocked to me to tell me how great I looked and, and treated me very differently. And so to be on both sides of that, I just think that when we compliment weight loss and we kind of create it, make it a goal, we kind of, we elevate thinness to a goal and it's hard to separate those things. So I just think it's something to be mindful of. I mean, listen, if your friend is like, I'm working out and I want to be complimented and, and you feel comfortable doing that, do whatever you want. But at the end of the day, I just think that sometimes we want things that are damaging us and we don't realize it until later on. And there are so many other ways to compliment someone that has been working out or losing weight 
about things that aren't about their body. I admire your determination. I love how committed you are to the things that you love. I love how, how it seems like you feel so good, you know, like you, you look really happy. They're just ways of, I think, sure. um, complimenting things that are a little bit bigger than just a very temporary thing, which is your health, your weight, things that can shift very quickly, very suddenly, things that are kind of you're leasing in a lot of ways that are out of your control and, um, and that aren't always accessible to everyone. So it was really just me trying to focus on that. And, and you know, again, these are all things that I'm learning and, and I'm realizing. And then once I realize it, I feel like I just need to share it. And pass no, it on. So it's hopefully the next yeah. hopefully the next time someone goes to see someone that's lost a lot of weight before they go to compliment the weight loss, they're just thinking in their head, you know, maybe I should check in on some other things before I make this comment because I don't really know the consequence of what I'm going to say. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And for the people listening who are like, "What the fuck? I don't. What do you mean?" Or you know, know. again, I think it comes down to you know, no one. I don't think. Uh, Megan, or certainly myself, is uh, shaming anyone who's ever complimented someone for no. losing weight. And I think, you know, it's always funny because I think about like recent conversations we've had and I think, I don't know if that's just human nature of how we think, right? We listen to a certain thing and all of a sudden you're like, well, I've definitely done that. So like, I'm going to definitely disagree with her, you know, mm -hmm. because I don't feel like I was doing something wrong. But I think, yeah. again, you kind of reverse engineer what you said. And it's uh, it, it does make a lot of sense in terms of just kind of not being so quick to it. And again, it, it sounds like just to articulate, it sounds like you're, you have no problem with someone who personally wants to lose weight if they want to lose weight. And mm -hmm. hopefully they go about it in a way that you said is is not only healthy physically but healthy emotionally helpful uh, uh and mentally you know uh yeah. doesn't do someone any good if they're starving themselves in an attempt to to lose weight um that can be very unhealthy both emotionally mentally and physically for your internal your metabolism your um your, your internal organs uh, yeah you know, things like that and there, so, there are things that you do you can't go back on and and will affect you for the rest of your life and so i think ultimately it's i'm not trying to like go into everyone's life and individually tell them you're bad and this is wrong and you shouldn't do this it's really just i'm telling you to when you're showing up to these decisions think a little bit more a little bit deeper about why you're doing them so if you're losing weight or you want to lose weight is there an element to it that's because i want to look i want to look good for this person or for this event is there something that's a little bit outside of just like whatever moral stance you have or the, whatever reasoning you think. I just, it's just really, and, and when it comes to cancel culture too, right? I think that, that we talk about that a lot and that's and something people are very afraid of and, and push back on in a lot of ways. And I think what it really comes down to is now we have the internet. Everyone is able to share the things that they weren't, um, you know, encouraged or empowered to say before and their actual feelings about things. And so it's a lot louder in this space. Yeah. And so things that we grew up thinking, it's okay to say this, my friends say this, my family says this, it's fine. And we didn't really think too much about, now we're getting to meet other people that are like, actually, that's really screwed up. Actually, that really hurts me. Actually, that feeds into this. And so I think a lot of us can become really defensive really quickly. And, but I think it's about how you show up to it. If you're showing up defensive because you don't wanna ever feel like you were bad in any kind of way, you're already limiting your self-growth in so many ways. I would suggest you show up to conversation saying, I don't know everything. I know what I know, I've done what I've done, but I wanna learn, I wanna be better, I wanna have more viewpoints, I wanna listen, I think is a big one. And 
everyone's going to mess up. Everyone's going to screw up. We all have things that we've done or said that are problematic, but it's how you address it. If you're running from it, if you're just saying, well, whatever, and you're not diving into it in a little deeper of a way, I just think you're missing an opportunity. And um, yeah, you're missing an opportunity. And I just think that it shows that you're scared of maybe figuring out who you are as a person and your capability of growing and learning and rectifying and doing better. And sometimes in order to do better, you have to be able to look at your past and say, this is where I was and this is where I am now. And I'm committed to showing the difference every day because I think that's the right thing to do. Also, when you say something online or you do something that's problematic, I think at the heart of it, we just a lot of people just don't like to not be liked. So it's easier to kind of turn on it and be like, well, I don't even want to be liked by you anyways. The reality is that <laughs> yeah, your, first Im- your first impression... <laughs> I know your I first do. Im- yeah, your first impression is your first impression and you can't change that. So you might say something and then you might apologize and there are still people that aren't going to be okay with it and that's okay. They're allowed to have that first impression of you or that third impression of you and be like, you know what, I'm good. I don't, I'm not interested anymore. So you're going to lose people constantly and you have to be okay with that. And just the people that are in your life, hopefully they're people that are helping you grow in the way that you need to grow and are calling you in on the behaviors and the things that you're saying that aren't okay as we're all learning together. So I just think we're so scared of cancel culture, but at the heart of cancel culture is a lot of people who are in pain, who have felt disempowered, who have felt disenfranchised, who just want to see the world change. And it's not changing quickly enough and it hasn't changed quickly enough. So you're seeing a lot of frustration and anger and it's coming from a place of pain. And so just recognize that, let that ego go and just understand that, okay, like I'm here to listen. Yeah. I think that's uh, really well said and, and, and very helpful. And, um, yeah, I, I, uh, it's, it's, it can be tough too, right? Because, um, we, we want discussions, as you just said, kind of to be out there and, and ongoing. And sometimes discussions can be uncomfortable and challenging and uh, incredibly sensitive to a lot of people or even a small group of people. And I think the fear for a lot of people is like, well, if I address it and I bring it up, like, am I, am I going to make it worse? Uh, Mm. The old, the, the kind of the standard PR policy is, you know, for like a lot of big networks, uh, if you have a PR team, it's like, well, just, you know, no comment and we'll just wait it out, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And um, I get that. But as you said, like sometimes there's a people want change and they're wanting it faster and avoiding um, the conversations um, sometimes can be self-serving in a short period of time, but from a bigger picture can be, um, you know, lack progress. Yeah, I mean, I I think that, you know, we just, listen, I've, as I've gotten older and I've been on the internet and I've learned a lot more, I'm constantly listening and reading and and not even having set ideas on anything, just really listening to every side of things. And I really think that, I lost my train of thought, but it's coming back. (laughs) Um, We just we have to understand that a lot of the conversations, things that we're just arriving to, things that we don't understand, it's really about how you approach it. 
I would rather someone just say no comment when they don't know what they're talking about before they do further harm to other people and themselves. So if you have to take a minute, you have to take some time offline. And when you come back, you are genuinely like, I want to learn about this. I want to understand this. I'm understanding where maybe I ha I've had some privilege or I've, ha I've been sheltered. Or I've been naive in certain ways. And my eyes are starting to open to that. And I'm receptive. Like, whatever you want to send my way, please send my way. I want to understand. There are going to be people that joke about it. There are people that ignore you. There are going to be people that, you know, clown you on the internet. And that is how it is. But I think that more often than not, you will find people that are willing to share those resources that want more people to understand and to not you know, go the other direction. So I just think it's about how you approach it when you walk into it, understanding that I'm going to be wrong. People are going to disagree with me and that's okay, but I really have to reckon with myself how I want to move forward and, and what kind of world I want to live in. And sometimes that's going to be a bit to my detriment. I'm going to have to recognize that I had some kind of privilege. I, the world's a little bit easier for me in certain ways. And, and what I said or did was really hurtful. And I might never get the people that were hurt back on my side. And that's the consequence of, you know, that's just the consequence of, of existing. And it's, yeah. it's on a broader, it's on a huge scale right now. We're on the internet. And so it feels like when one, it's not just one person in your family disagreeing or, or a friend on Facebook fighting with you. It's millions of people chiming in and, and it can be overwhelming. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it's like, it gets almost confusing too, where it's just, uh, there's so many trigger words out there now. Um, mm. Like if you're someone who gives an opinion, then you're at the risk of bullying someone, especially if you're giving an opinion, commenting about something or, you know, so it's almost like no matter what, it's going to be coming from at a certain angle if you take a stance. And yeah, that's where it can get exhausting for, mm -hmm. well, let's just all just shut our mouths and just mind our own business versus... All right. Yeah. Do we talk about this? Are we honest? And are we gonna like? Are, are we gonna rile other people up? It's it can get very confusing and challenging sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I think you know when you're if you're being honest about something in the way that you feel, I just think it really comes down to which maybe is a PR perspective. It's really about how you frame it. If you're coming into it and you're like, "This is fact. This is truth." That's that's a big. That's a huge difference from. You know, I've always been taught this or I've always thought this or this is kind of where I've been coming from a, from a long time. And then being open and receptive to the fact that your experience is not everyone's experience. And there's a lot to learn in that middle. So, you know, and, and listen, I've been on the Internet. I've been labeled SJW, like social justice warrior. I've been labeled a lot of things. And I have a lot of opinions and, and ways that I respond to things that I think for some people is very radical and for me, I think anytime someone who looks like me is speaking up confidently or not looking for validation from other people, it's seen as radical when really it's, when you listen to what I'm saying or, or who I'm standing up for, it's not radical, it's just overdue. Function of beauty. Listen, we all know the frustrations when it comes to shampoo and conditioner. You have uh, bottles on bottles of half-use shampoos and conditioners. They all say they do all these different things. You're like, well, which one do I need? Do I need fuller stuff? Do I need less stuff? Do I need like uh, more moisture? I don't. I don't know. Um, but you need something that's. Everyone's different. Everyone's hair is different. It's, it, their scalps are different. And function of beauty is making it possible to 
specifically curate your hair and shampoo products just for you. Function of Beauty is the internet's top-rated customized hair care brand with over 30,000 five-star customer reviews and counting. Curly or straight, natural or processed, Function of Beauty individually formates. Curly or straight, natural or processed, Function of Beauty individually formulates every bottle based on your unique hair type, style, preferences, and hair goals. Uh, that sounds pretty amazing. To begin the short four-question quiz and to save 20% on your first purchase, go to functionofbeauty.com slash V-I-A-L-L. That's right. Uh, it's pretty easy. Get 20% off, take a quick quiz, and have some amazing customized shampoo and hair products, cut, you know, conditioner just for you. So don't spend another minute in hair misery. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash V-I-A-L-L to let them know that we sent you because, you know, we want credit for it. We want to, you know... Uh, we want to feel good about telling you amazing things. Functionofbeauty.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Best Fiends, Chrissy. Uh, you've been playing this like every day, haven't you? Every day since I downloaded it, I've been playing it. Uh, what I level are you it. on now? I'm on level 42. What? You were on like a level, like what, 11 <laughs> like last time? I was on 20? level 20 last time, yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing. What's your favorite part of it? I think my favorite part of it is just being able to sit down and relax a little bit and then get a little brain action going while I'm doing that. Relax and brain action, people. Yeah, relax it's like and brain a, action. A, it's like a dream. Uh, they also have, if you like cute characters, which I know I do, uh, they always have a ton of, of new ones. They're fun to watch. So you got puzzles, strategy for solving things. Um, your favorite characters in the game. It's it's super fun. You can play with your friends online. You can play offline. Uh, it's uh, absolutely great. Uh, thousands of levels already with new levels added all the time, events and characters. They're added monthly. It's amazing. It's hours of fun right at your fingertips. And you can even play offline like we said. I am collecting a ton of characters now that I'm at uh, level number 42. And I like it because it's like I get, to, uh, I get to make them bigger and give them power and do fun things. They jump around a lot. So, with over 100 million downloads and a ton of five-star reviews, Best Fiends is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Where do you kind of draw the line? You know, you are you have a sense of humor. You're a funny person. Uh, and then you have the c comedians out there, um, you know, yeah. and like cancel culture versus telling a joke. Um mm you know, with things about any kind of hot button issue? Like, what are your thoughts mm -hmm. on, on, on that type of argument versus, you know, because like, you know, people want to say, even me, it's just sometimes like, you know, I like, uh, I, I like pushing all sorts of limits. So I like telling mm -hmm. dirty jokes. I like telling like, like, Ooh, did we just say that? You know? Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I think, I mean, listen, I'm not a comedian. Yeah, I am. Um, so I respect the art form of that. I have lots of friends who do that. And I understand how, how difficult it can be to really make something that feels like universal and funny. And I'm also, you know, I grew up watching a lot of people that like Howard Stern and stuff like that. Like I watched a lot of people growing up that just felt very taboo. And it was just so outside of what I knew. And so it was fascinating and entertaining and interesting. And I think that I like I, I quite enjoy when, and this is just, you know, in general, when people are punching up as opposed to punching down. And so I think that that's just something that I prefer in the comedy that I like. Um, Do you uh, describe what you mean by that? Like, 
I think in jokes, questioning who you're really going after. Like, are you making fun of the fat person? Or are you making fun of the world that's allowed that person to be treated a certain way? Are you, are you going after someone? Or what's the point that you're making, essentially? Like, are you, are you going at someone who's below you who, or who, who's experienced certain types of marginalization and really doesn't need to be crapped on any further, but like, um, but you're kind of going for like an easy, simple joke. I'll give an example. Nicole Arbor, dear fat people, her and I are not fans of each other. We're not, we're not friendly. Uh, I think I'm blocked. And, uh, that to me was an example of punching down as opposed to punching up. Um, you know, she made this video where it was just all these kind of like old jokes about fat people smelling and doing this and X, Y, Z. And it just felt so stereotypical to the point that it just, while it resonated for some people who really want, wanted to laugh at that or really like felt like they wanted to be kind of, from my perspective, sort of bullied into losing weight or made to feel whatever. For me, watching something like that, I'm like, okay, that's such an easy, everyone's already done that. That's the, now we're in a different space. Now, why does this have, there's just so much smarter comedy, I think, that's out there um, that has nothing to do with making people feel awful. You know, like, I don't want to be sitting in a comedy club. And here's the thing. If you're going to make a joke about a fat person, as a fat person, I want to laugh. You know, so if if I'm sitting in a comedy club and someone's making jokes and I feel uncomfortable and I'm inside of myself all of a sudden and I feel like I'm looking around and I'm back in middle school, like where all the bullies are surrounding me laughing at the joke, they would yell at me in the lunchroom. It's not something I, I enjoy personally. So it's not something that I'm going to probably come back around for. But comedy is like anything else. You're going to have fans and you're going to have people that don't like you and you've got to lean into one or the other. So you're either going to shift and change to kind of get a broader audience or you're going to focus and, and stay outside the lines and, and be really about the chaos and the, you know, feed off of it. It's all business strategy, but ultimately it's like, how do you, how do you want to be remembered and how do you want people to feel when they're, you're at your shows? And um, I just think that there, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit more intellectual and a little bit uh, more progressive to find ways to poke fun at who's really you know, capitalizing off the suffering of a lot of people, which is not fat people or, or black people or gay people or trans people. So it's like, who are you really making fun of and what are you really doing is the question. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, I mean, the, uh, being a, a opinionated or known for being opinionated, is that, um, how you, how, how have you managed that and how, like, uh, as someone who can be opinionated myself, sometimes I'm, feel makes me feel good you know in terms of like yeah you know i said yeah. that and then sometimes you're just like oh fuck man why do, why, do I do this to, why do i do this to myself like do i really does it really yeah. do i really need to say this uh, mm -hmm. and yeah. uh you know then you're just like also you're like you have a platform i have a podcast po you know it's just like it's part of the it's part of the gig yeah I mean, you i only say things i i am sincere about i never mm -hmm. i never want to say things i i i'm just saying to say it but yeah, also, I mean, it's like, do I need to say it? Self-preservation. And then, True. you know. It's hard. It's a, a lot of things you don't realize until you look back, right? Like, there are definitely things I've said in videos and, and you know, understandings I've had and jokes I've made that I look back and I'm like, oh, my God, why? But I think that it's really about, you know, are you someone who is going to constantly feel guilty or shamed or, like, look back and be like, ah, I just don't want to deal with it? Or are you someone who's going to incorporate that back? And I constantly am going back through what I've done and what I've said 
to use it as a, a jumping off point for what I'm going to make now. And there's no problem in go for me going back and seeing maybe where I, you know, I don't quite agree where I was or I hadn't learned this yet and then adding to the conversation. For me, every joke I've made, everything I've said is just the beginning of a constant conversation I'm going to have throughout my life. And I'm going to keep adding to it and changing it and, you know, subtracting things. And, and I'm not afraid of that work. And so, um, you know, if you, if you say something or you, you make a joke and you're kind of cringing at it, I would just ask yourself, why are you cringing at it? What's changed in you? And how can you address that moving forward? People will bring up stuff all the time to people and say, oh, but you said this thing and you did this thing eight years ago, 10 years ago. And I just think I'm more interested in the people who are willing to say, I did say that thing and my mind has changed since then, if it has, genuinely. And this is what I'm thinking now. This is how this is how I learned. I think it's an example to a lot of other people who might be in that first spot, who maybe need to get to that third spot and they don't quite see how to connect it. So I think it's just, yeah, just being honest about where you are and your truth, but at the same time, just being open and receptive to the fact that that truth is going to change. And sometimes it's going to change quickly and quicker than you, you intended it to. And you're not going to be caught up and educated in the way that maybe you need to be to talk about it. Um. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We get a lot of questions from our audience, especially when they're asked Nick episodes. Yeah. Um, from women uh, who have their insecurities when it comes to dating um, about their bodies. Uh, yeah. Their bodies might change uh, for, you know, they might get bigger or smaller. I don't know. Uh, skin yeah. issues. They might get acne mm -hmm. all of a sudden. What is some advice that you might have for them um, and how they might approach these insecurities? Um, and what are being yeah. your own experiences with insecurities you might have had about your yourself when dating? Yeah. Oh, I mean, listen, I've been going back recently in this time of reflection and quarantine being like, I think I regret every person I've slept with. Like, I look at situations I stayed in and things that were said to me or done that now I can't imagine staying for. But at the time I was, you know, I, I thought, okay, well this is how it is, or well, I didn't know that I could ask for better or expect better, or, you know, the fear of like, well, someone's not going to like me or someone's going to leave me or, you know, whatever it is, or just internalizing their opinion to the point that I feel like I had to change something. And so I think that's an experience that a lot of people have. Um, I would say I would take the same philosophy that I do to really anything that I make on the internet, which is, if you're confident about something, like if you really can figure out like how you can, listen, whether you're okay with it or not, just accept that your body is where it is, that things are gonna happen, that gravity exists, you know? Everyone's body is gonna shift, everything is gonna change. And I think instead of fearing it and being upset about it and, and wanting to hold on to, you know, this desire to change it or fix it or whatever, just accept it. And by accepting it and by just confidently talking about it, like I talk about being fat all the time. And when I first started doing that, or, you know, just parts of my body or whatever it is that, you know, maybe doing certain things, I think people had never really heard someone talking that way so cavalier and so casually. Um, but for me, it's kind of like, I'm really interested in people who are confident in what they're doing and who just seem unbothered or maybe not unbothered because I've been pretty vulnerable about a lot of, a lot of these things, but um, just matter of fact about it. This is how it is. You know, there's no point in me crying over this right now because this is just the reality of it. And so I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. 
I think people who may not agree with or may not understand things that you're doing or feeling or saying or what's going on with you, if you're having fun with it and you're confident with it and you're matter of fact of it and you're just continuing with your life, it's like Twitter. It's like if I'm tweeting about something and people see that I'm having fun, but they don't quite understand it, they're more inclined to kind of check out what I'm doing because they see that I'm having fun with it. Um, and so I think, yeah, it's it, look, it's a long journey for self-acceptance. It's something that all of us continue throughout our life. Like there's always going to be a moment where you feel like, okay, I have it. I think I like who I am and I like what's going on and I'm good with it. And then something will change. And then really you're called, you know, up to the front. Like, are, are you going to stand up for, are you going to figure out how to adapt and shift in this way to love yourself or to accept yourself or at least to be neutral about your body? Um, and so I would say if you're feeling insecure in your relationships or about your body or anything like that, um, the best thing I ever did was start following people that looked like me on the internet and following their journey and, and filling my timeline with people that were going through the same thing, that looked the same way. And uh, it made me feel more empowered. It made me feel a little less like I was looking at the world and everyone looked, you know, it's like five, nine and 120 pounds. And it just made me realize that, okay, the world that I exist in is very different from the world that is shown to me. And uh, I think finding strength in that and community in that is truly the way that I've felt good about my body at all. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, as, as you're talking and, you know, looking at your bio, uh, mm -hmm. would it be wrong to say that a lot of people view the word fat as a negative word? And uh, we've talked recently about taking power back in the use of words uh, yeah. with, with people. What are your thoughts on the word itself? And do you not see it as a negative word? Um, or how yeah. do you feel about, you know, people who don't identify with being overweight or fat using mm -hmm. it versus say you who like you say, I'm, pro I'm fat. I'm, I'm probably fat. like, what are your thoughts on that? I'm curious. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that the same people, uh, there's so many different sides of it, right? Where I totally understand other people who are considered overweight or fat or whatever, whatever term people are using, uh, depending on where you are. Um, I totally respect that that word for them has been weaponized against them and used in such a painful way that they can't separate it, right? So to them, it's essentially a slur. Like they just can't, it's just too painful. And so I totally respect that. All I can do is kind of speak for myself, which is I was called fat a lot growing up and it made me feel like there was something wrong with me to be that word. And now I'm at a place at 34 where like, I want the word fat tattooed on me, <laughs> you know? So it definitely shifted. Um, and I think a big part of that is taking power back from that word. I didn't like the fact that people could say that in a negative way and make me feel a certain way. So I was like, well, let me take this back and let me, let me shine this up, make this real pretty and take control of it. And so now people that, you know, write comments about, oh, you fat bitch, fat this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it doesn't sting the way that it probably did when I was younger. It's more of like, I am, it's literally in my bio. Correct. <laughs> literally. So I think it's, yeah, it's individual. It's everyone kind of gets to decide what words they want to claim or not claim and how they want to re be referred to. And, um, but for me, I just, especially with as long as I've been on the internet and how people have tried to like come at me for every single thing, like your face is lap lopsided and your chins are this. I mean, now I'm in videos, like look at my, ch you know, like I just, I, I, I'm a little troll at heart, you know, like I was on the internet when it started. So I love taking something that people are so sure is like, I'm going to get you. Uh, 
and being like, yeah, no, it's already here. It's part of my armor. I'm good. Um, because they scramble because they can't figure out what else to say when you, when you point out everything that they would, they point out. It's a way of taking power back. I was always the one making jokes about myself first so no one could do it. Um, and I think that that's just extended into what I do now. Yeah. I, um, I, I in different ways I found, you know, even for, for myself or on this podcast or, you know, my whole personality, people ask me like my experiences on TV, has it changed me? And I always, you know, not really, I mean, I'm different in little, but I've, I've always been me, you know, I've always, mm. some of the same criticism I get now in life or criticisms I've gotten really my whole life. Um, but I do find sometimes, well, my own personality can exhaust myself. Um, there is comfort in it because, uh, I've never like, uh, yeah, I'm pretty expressive about who I am and, and make fun of myself mm-hmm. or no, you know, like no one's ever going to think I'm perfect. Uh, which is, there's a lot of comfort in, you know, fucking up sometimes. Um, yes. and, uh, something I've, I've, I try to remind myself, um, anytime I'm feeling vulnerable is that, like you said, you just kind of embrace, like if you are quick to acknowledge it first, it's harder for people to uh, acknowledge it and and get any satisfaction out of it. You're just like, yeah, yeah, covered that before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got that. That was actually the first line. That was the first thing that I said about myself. I'll actually introduce myself to you. Uh, I think... Yeah, it's the troll in heart, really, that I just love seeing people scramble over thinking that they're going to get me and they're not going to get me. Anything that anyone has ever said, however horrible it's been, I've already as a child said those things to myself or felt those things or heard those things. So I think that for me to show up every day and continually be hurt in the same way, I'm lucky that I I don't experience that. And I think that that's just going to the absolute depths of horrible things that people have done. I've been doxxed. I've had people send things to my my house. I've had people threaten to rape and kill me. I've had people fight, you know, uh, I mean, even when I did the Ellen thing back in the day, it really was because I would get comments from people saying, how could your parents ever love you? Look how disgusting you are. Like things like that, that at 19 years old, you know, how do you not internalize that when you don't have people or role models to, to lift you up out of that or to show you that there's a different way to feel? And I think that, you know, Uh, I'm going to make the joke first. I'm going to point out the thing first. I'm going to be in control of this narrative. Uh, And, and you're not, you random commenter on the internet are not going to get to me because you think I'm fat or disgusting or because you wouldn't sleep with me. I don't care. I'm fine. Where (laughs) are your thoughts? Plethora of dick. You know, I'm not stressed about it. There truly is. And there's a lot of guys who... Yeah. Any belief that people have about like, oh, only fat people have sex with each other. No one likes fat people or whatever. Listen, fat people are having sex with fat people. Fat people are having sex with thin people. The thins and the fats are coming together regardless. So it's never (laughs) it's never been an issue. The problem is that society makes a lot of those people feel like they can't talk about that or share that or they'll be made fun of. Right. And so then it feeds back onto the person they're sleeping with where they're kept a secret and they're treated a certain way. And so it's just a constant cycle. And all I'm ever asking people is to step out of the cycle and look around and be like, okay, who cares if I'm cool to these people or not? Look at the things that they're saying and doing. I'm going to put my life on hold and not sleep with who I want to sleep with, not do what I want to do, not be who I want to be because so-and-so who's like still living at home in the fucking basement with their parents and like has no real aspirations for what they want to do and feels miserable with themselves and isn't even happy in the relationship that they might be in. 
they're going to dictate what I'm going to do with my life and how I'm going to feel? Absolutely fucking not. Um, <laughs> fine. <Yeah. laughs> uh, you know, just I'm waking up, that coffee's hitting all of a sudden, you know. Uh, where, like, where do you, and then again, I'm just thinking out loud too, is like, um, I'm sure I've said things that have, uh, I know I've said things that have hurt or offended people yeah. before. I'm a, an opinion <laughs> Like how I I'm, said that, like, I was like, yes, I looked you up and correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am someone that's, I have never struggled with, weight or body image issues. Um, mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on people who... But here's the thing. Yeah. While you may not have, I think... Here's a bigger point. A lot of the things that I do and say, people assume it's like, oh, it's for fat people. It's really for all people. It really is like if if we can have these conversations and break things down and, and understand diet culture and like how many billions of dollars it makes a year based off of selling us products and lifestyles that aren't sustainable uh, and aren't like achievable for a lot of people. I think when we start having those conversations and we start breaking that down, that's not good for just fat people. That's good for all people. When you're not carrying around this pressure of like, I have to look a certain way to get this job, I have to do whatever because fundamentally things have shifted and people's understanding, whether it's on the surface level or not, at the end of the day, everything's a business. So people cashing in on body positivity is the same way they're gonna cash in on diet culture. But at least maybe it turns, you know, the tides a little bit because at the end of the day, while you may not have struggled with body issues, if you gained a lot of weight and you weren't prepared for the, the, the experience of how you would be treated or the jobs you might lose or, or just, you know, how you feel about yourself, then you would start to experience, I think, this sure. world that's outside of, you know, what's happening. And so at any point that could happen to you. And so I think... Um, that's why it's, it's so good to have conversations like this, because even if it's something you haven't experienced at the end of the day, we're probably all going to gain weight at some point. We're all going to get sick. We're all going to, um, you know, at some point experience possibly a disability or as we get older and we need more accessibility, things like that. And so I think it's just important to remember that, you know, just cause you haven't experienced doesn't mean you won't. And when you get to that point, isn't it going to be nice if the world's a little bit easier a little bit softer to you sure um you know i well you kind of answered my question but i was wondering you know for the person who um maybe socially in terms of like what we socially kind of identify as you know skinny middle size <laughs> overweight or fat or whatever mm -hmm. you know you always is and i hear from women that you know our friends i feel fat today uh i mm -hmm. think i'm fat you know, and you look at them and you're just like, uh, you probably shouldn't say that out loud. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I guess my question is, are they allowed to feel that way and how they say it? Do you, if you're, say, sitting next to someone who, let's say, I don't, you know, socially she looks like she looks like a thin person. Maybe she's even okay. like identified as like a thin model. And she were to say that after like, she eats a salad with bacon in it or something. She's like, oh, my God, I feel fat. Like, does that bother you? Do you care? Going back to, like, the use of the word or whether it's negative or positive. Like, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? And is it subjective to the person and how they feel themselves? I mean, I'm yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm just thinking out loud. I'm like, how, yeah. what, is that, what is that like? You know, and I'm because I'm thinking about, like, people listening who don't identify. And it's just like, oh, my God, like, I can't even say it. Like, well, how I can't feel yeah. that way. Uh, uh, I'm, how, I'm how dare she take the word fat for me after I eat yeah. bacon? I know. I'm a whore. I don't know. You know, please. No, 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 I get it. I, I think it's, um, 
people are so scared of like what they're not going to be able to say or feel or think. And I think that that's not the case. It, listen, at the end of the day, if you want to say I feel fat or I'm getting whatever it is, go for it. But what I would say is, I, if someone's saying that to me, the first thing that springs in my mind is you don't have any fat friends that stand up for themselves. Like, that's what I think because what do you mean I by just that? Feel, I feel like you're not surrounding yourself with, and maybe that's, that's totally an assumption on my part, right? Where it's like, if you're saying things like that, I can't imagine that that feels good to people who are fat or who, who have, you know, I was going to say struggle with their weight, but not everyone necessarily struggles with their weight. That's, you know, that's one of those things that even as I'm saying things, a lot of times I'm like, uh, is that something that society gave to me that I don't, you know, what is that pushing forward? But um, I just think that be mindful of the things that you say about yourself and the ways that you would, you, you, um, you portray that, you talk about that. It will feel in some ways like a judgment to the people around you, because if you see yourself as fat where you are, what do you think about me? Is something that's gonna it's regardless if we think it's right or not is gonna go through people's heads and so in those moments when you're saying oh, i feel so fat do whatever you want say whatever you want but understand that like there are people around you that are internalizing that and there's a reason why you jump to describe yourself in that way as opposed to ah oh, i feel bloated or i feel this this and this um i just think it's another it's an example of like fat being used as a really negative thing yeah and or like when they use the phrase i feel fat and disgusting and like they add yeah ag adjective on to identify yeah. what they really well, mean by fat at least at least they said and you know like at least it's like in addition to because a lot of times they just say i feel fat and it f feels almost like disgusting is kind of lumped in there yeah. under the surface um i mean it's the reality is that it's if you want to shift your thinking and you want to be more aware of how the things, not even just how it's affecting other people, but how it affects you when you talk about your body like that, you internalize that in a certain way and you think of that in the way that it is. Um, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's You're going to catch yourself. You're going to say that. I say things all the time that I'm like, why the fuck did I say that? I don't even think like that. It's just, you know, about, about other people's bodies or how they look and it'll come out of my mouth and I'm like, what? are you doing? And it, it's a lot of unlearning. It's a, it's a muscle that you just have to like, you have to work at. And, um, I think it's just about, you know, sometimes when you say those things, you do those things, just stopping yourself and being like, you know what, actually mm, strike that from the record. Cause that's not okay that I said that or did that. Um, uh, and being, and being okay with just rolling along. But yeah, I would, I would listen. If any of my friends around me say, I feel so fat after they do something, they're getting a look. <laughs> Okay, they're definitely they're... good. They're definitely getting a look and possibly a discussion um, and not like a, you know, I'm going to attack you in any kind of way, but just like, let's break it down. Like, why, why is, you know, why do you feel like that? Why is that the word? And a lot of times just having those conversations, and that's why people that are around you, especially if you, you're doing something problematic that do care about you, that's your moment to kind of come in and be like, let's softly break this down so that you don't feel attacked, but you know, you're aware. Um, softly breaking it down. I like that. Softly phrase. breaking it down. It's very romantic. Yeah. I know, uh, you're a big fan of Adele. Mm. Is that correct? Right. You're a big fan of yeah. Adele. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I had the experience when I did the Ellen thing, um, at the time the producer asked me, well, who do you, who do you like? Like, who do you listen to? 
And I was like, well, I started writing music because I was listening to a lot of Jason Mraz and Tristan Prettyman. I was like, but there's this, this UK artist that I really like named Adele, and she hadn't released an album over here. So when I did the Ellen thing, they actually surprised me at the end of it, and they said, we're bringing you back because Adele's going to be on the show. And so they brought me back to her. I got to hang out at her sound check. They sent me this creepy video that pretty much has no audio to it, except the beginning when she's at the mic and Ellen goes up to her and is like, we have this girl here. And Adele was like, oh, I know her because the internet was so small at the time and I had done covers of her. Um, and so, yeah, she's definitely someone that I've, I've been a fan of. Uh, very nice. Very, very nice. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on currently. I was curious. I, obviously, she, I imagine she, that's where this is going. Yeah, I mean, she... I. Correct me, I, I, she like dropped a photo of herself. It didn't she provide did. a lot of context around the photo. Ooh, uh, she was created the context she, for it, didn't she? She was noticeably thinner um, and received a lot of praise. And I was curious what your initial uh, and um, um, long term, not long term, but what your initial and like a few days later thoughts were on the topic. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I first saw it, I mean, there have been photos of her that have, have surfaced over the past few months, I feel like, where it's clear that she's she's lost a significant amount, a significant amount of weight, a lot of S's. Um, and, you know, I, I understand all sides of it, where it's like, at least on, on the fat side, I will say, where it's like, there are a lot of, a lot of fat people that feel like, oh, we lost another one. You know, like, Damn it, we had like three people that are popular in media that are fat, and there goes another one. And uh, so it feels it feels for them like a betrayal or like they've lost something. Um, and I definitely, I relate to that because when you feel like there's just no one that really represents you and you see someone in a field, especially music, that is outside of the norm, um, that's succeeding in such a way, you're like, oh, yes, I can do it. Like, yes, there's a possibility. And then you see them lose a lot of weight. It feels like there's no way to exist in this world without having to completely change your body. You know, your mind fills up with like how to be more popular or whatever her, the reality is that, and what I understand is that she went through a major divorce. Like, didn't she pay some dude $140 million? That's a Did lot she? of stress. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And so when I first saw that, the first thing I thought instead of, oh my God, she looks so good was like, oh, I hope she's okay. She because that's a significant guy. change. Yeah, she got divorced recently. And so, um, you know, I'm because of what I know, and what I've experienced, I'm just asking myself more questions internally about like, well, is it what it seems to be? Or is it what it might not be on the surface? That photo in particular was interesting, because she didn't talk about losing weight. It was like she just posted a photo talking about like happy birthday and talking about healthcare workers. And then everyone was like, Oh, my God, this waste, like, oh, and, and made it this whole thing. And so you're you know, saying it's entirely possible that she just happened to have lost weight for a variety of issues, maybe stress related, having to give someone forty, one hundred and forty million dollars, someone you maybe Which even hate me out. at this point. Um, God, I I hope there's that's more, not the case. Yeah, there's just more to the story, right? So what if, like, I mean, that her. would be like you. She posts this picture, and everyone. I mean, who knows? Maybe she. That's what. She, maybe that she got the reaction that she wanted. I. I don't know. But could she? There, yeah. If she so didn't, many. if she didn't, then wow. You know. Well, imagine. Imagine if she posted that photo, not even thinking about that, just like because she was posting a photo, and then she saw that reaction. To me, this is my thought process. 
if she's so if she's like i want to lose weight and i want to do this and yes it's building her up and she feels so good that's absolutely her experience and she's entitled to have that but if she's going through a divorce and she's stressed and she's up late at night and she's like she can't eat because she's so whatever and she posts a photo and then millions of people are like oh my god you look so good you look so amazing my question is what message does that send what what is she now every time she goes above that weight is she going to remember the millions of people that were like you look so good you look so amazing you look so incredible it really i've had you know a much lesser experience of that but it it really stays with you for a long time uh, and not and not only that but did i look like crap before no yeah that's right? the thought of like wait wait what did i look yeah, like well, <laughs> and it's interesting it's interesting yeah it's that and then it's also interesting because you saw so many people talking about it like in the media they were like she was beautiful before but she's just striking now you're like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but to yeah, no, but it's but it it's, it feels ridiculous. I mean, it probably didn't say it so like you know, <laughs> winked at the camera, but it, like it feels ridiculous because you're like that. Those are the moments where you're really I'm tr trying to figure out like, okay, you do you understand what you're saying and and how you're comparing these things and what that says and beyond, but beyond that, beyond any kind of personal responsibility to that, it's like why do we automatically think? this is this is good this is beautiful this is whatever i just think that it's a question mark there's a lot to figure out a lot of gray area there there and the video that i made talking about uh you shouldn't uh you know congratulate people for weight loss originally was 45 minutes of me rambling talking and talking about the adele thing that was specifically the thing i was talking about and then when i went back through it I was like, you know what? I'm gonna cut all this out because it's really not about this specific moment. It's about a bigger message. And this is gonna apply a million, this is only gonna keep happening. This is something we're constantly yeah. gonna see happen with celebrities and people in our lives. And there's hopefully, you at least have grown in your reaction or understanding between when it happens when you're 20 and when you're 30 and you're 40. So I'm just, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be in the place where I am where I'm asking more questions before I jump in to say, oh my God, you look so amazing. I'm understanding it's, that there might be a little bit more to the story that I don't know. And maybe it's not my place to, to say that. It is interesting. I mean, I'll admit, like when I saw that photo, I was like, oh, go, you know, good for you, you know? Yeah. And so hearing you talk about it and describe that makes it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, and that's all I can do. It's just something, you know, to be just like annoying little, you know, gnat in the back of your head, just being like, <laughs> wait, before you say that thing, think about it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I appreciate it. And I get it. Sometimes, you know, we, we, we live in this kind of woke world now or the attempt to be this kind of, mm. and listen, it gets fucking exhausting sometimes. Be like, oh God, I can't say anything now. Like everyone's so sensitive. And, uh, well, and yeah. You know what? And, that, <laughs> and that just might be the reality is that, yeah, people are more sensitive um, or people at least are more vocal about the things that they yeah, always they, sensitive they're about. not more sensitive they're just a yeah. little bit more emboldened to uh yeah put out their their feelings and for people who get ex like that's everyone's fucking sensitive everyone everywhere uh, and so uh and so uh yeah, I think we just have to try to remember that. And again, I'm as guilty as anyone. I can be very insensitive sometimes with my directness, my candidness. I, I you know, I, 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 I have to check myself and take a step back too with, um, mm -hmm. of that. So it's a challenge yeah. for us all. Um, it's a challenge, and it's also something that I think hopefully we all just get better at. Like you might say the insensitive thing, but after you say the insensitive thing, are you able to go back? 
and say, mm, you know what, let me actually, let me, let me zoom in on this one. Let me, let me focus on this because it, it's really part of your own growth and your own, um, you know, discovery of like what's right and what you want in the world. And, yeah. and we all say things off the cuff that we're like, oh, I don't know. I said that really quickly in the moment and it was live and whatever, but I don't know if that's really who I am or I, what I think. And I just think the conversation's starting. So you can continue to add to that in whatever way you want. And that's all we can really do. And it's something I've gotten better at as I've gotten older as someone who's traditionally a stubborn person who likes to play devil's advocate and argue with people. Um, yeah. That when someone says... Uh, you're that, doing exactly what you want, but it's like, yeah. if you're listening... It's part of your charm. Listen... Listen, at the end of the day, it's like, we can't have it both ways, right? Like if we're pushing boundaries and we're playing devil's advocate and we're saying things just to, just to see how, what happens, the consequence of that is that things are going to happen. And so, and you don't get to control those afterwards. So I think that like, if, if, you know, if that's where your fun lies and that's what you're doing, it's just accepting that like on the other side of that, there are going to be people that are really like amused by that and they love it and they feel the same and there are people that are going to be hurt. And so yeah. it's just it's just a matter of, you know, as you grow into your your own comedy and how you say things, it's only going to make you if you listen to the feedback, it's only going to make you better and sharper and more interesting. Because if you well, can say a, the joke yeah. that like goes over everyone's heads and they have to really think about it. And then it's like, oh, my God, wait, he was I thought he was calling out this, but he's calling out this. That's so much more interesting. Well, yeah, that was the thing I was going to say, too. It's just where I've gotten better. It's just simply saying. There's certain things where I just like, if someone's like leads with, hey, listen, this bothers me and here's why, it's immediately mm -hmm. like, you're right. You know what? I am sorry. I don't need to even understand or agree with you mm -hmm. about why it hurts your feelings. Like uh, such a fine line, you know, I always talk about in a lot of different avenues, like anyone can feel anything about anything at any given time. That's just called feelings. You can't control how people feel. How we react to those feelings, how we process those feelings are all very much in our control. And so yeah. uh, when someone describes how something made them feel, like, what are you going to do? You just be like, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. You, know, you don't, yeah. don't spend a lot of energy trying to change how they feel about something. That's why uh, I think it's, it's so good to have people around you professionally or just socially that you know uh have different experiences because sometimes you know you might say something and not even understand it and then it takes that friend that comes to you and says actually mm, let me i need to break this down for you because i care about you and i want you to at least understand this moving forward um and so i think that yeah it's 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 nice to be able to take that in and, and to apologize if you feel like you've hurt someone for sure but ultimately the the biggest apology is just in learned behavior and understanding the root of why it's upsetting or offensive and then listen there are ways to say so many things that um you know we in our head we think oh pc culture and cancel culture you could never say this but how are you who are you going after and how are you saying it is it actually satirical or is it just you being an asshole like you know and then and then what's the response to that and then what are you looking for because if you're gonna be the asshole and and you're just doing things to whatever but then you also are like but I want you to like me and I need you to like, like this joke. It's going to be a hard road. Yeah. Yeah. When, you know, I'm not, I'm not an asshole. I'm just honest as what people like to say. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. And then, listen, everyone's version of honest is their own. Like everyone is telling the truth and that's their truth. Um, and so it's just, you know, how open are you to, to understanding other truths and letting that influence the one that you have? It's a yeah. question. 
Uh, Megan, this has been a ton of fun and insightful, and I really appreciate you being so honest and vulnerable. Before we let you go, uh, you didn't even cry you, or anything. It's different. Do you, <laughs> do you usually cry? I, I mean, I uh, listen. I'm I'm a crier. I'll tear that's, up. I see that's other people That's great. Cry. I don't know what I would do. I, f- I would feel like I made you cry. <laughs> like, oh my God, this yeah. really backfired. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, no, this is just a normal Friday. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, are you up for playing a quick game called Do You Know Me? Sure. Great. We'll say it with a little more enthusiasm, Megan. Sure. <laughs> uh, it's a fun little game called Do You Know Me? Uh, these questions uh, Chrissy picked out. And... Um, I'm going to ask the question. Don't answer immediately. Chrissy and I are going to determine whether we know the answer. And then if you have a, a anecdotal story that goes along with your answer, feel, feel free to share. Don't feel obligated. Yes or no answers are totally acceptable. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> Do you know me with Megan Tonjes? Do you know me with <laughs> Megan Tonjes? Question number one. Ken, Megan... Name three elements on the periodic table. Can Megan name three elements on the periodic table? I'm going to go ahead and say yes. I We, we don't require the symbol. Uh, that would be more challenging. Uh, but can she name three elements? I'm going to say yeah. Everyone can. They might not think they can, but they, they truly can. I'm going to say yes as well. It's only three. There's like a bunch. I know, and I'm hoping I'm hoping the ones that are in my head are actually there. <laughs> it's easier right. than you think. <clears throat> okay, uh, am I going? Is this what's yeah. happening? Yeah, go. Well, uh, uh, you both said yes. So okay, 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 okay. Uh, hydrogen, carbon. I don't want to say oxygen, but lithium is lithium one. I mean, I honestly don't oxygen. know. Oxygen. Okay. I don't know if lithium uh-huh. is. Um, but oxygen is. I thought you were going to say like gold and silver and just make it easy yeah, on gold. all of us. AU and AG, bitch. I took fucking. <laughs> uh, oxygen is definitely but, one of them. Hydrogen is definitely one of them. Is lithium? I don't know. Is lithium? I don't fucking I think. Know. Is LI a thing? LI? Look it up. Alum- uh, <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. Aluminum. <laughs> aluminum. Yeah. Um, so she could. Right. That's, it. That's about we're, it. We're, I got it. We have our, point. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Question number two. Can Megan name five, five Billy Joel songs? (laughs) I don't think I can. And I consider myself to be a Billy Joel fan. Uh, I'm going to say no. Yeah, her her reaction says no. (laughs) Piano piano Man? Is Piano Man I was going to say, yeah, Piano Man was the one in my head. Uh, and then, oh God, what's the man. song in the movie Step Brothers? Like piano really... Man, Allentown. Oh, there you go, Allentown. Allentown. Wow. What's the and song in Step Brothers? They, they got really mad that they refused to sing because it was like they only did certain Billy Joel songs. Oh, um, I don't know. I don't know. Billy, well, yeah, Billy, so Billy Joel and... wasn't. Unfortunately, I gotta add him to my Spotify list now so I can listen. Get it, get it together. Question number three, and this is subjective, but okay. Does Megan have a green thumb? Do you like to plant shit? There's uh, a plant behind I'm going to say no. I'm going to guess that she might have plants like I do, but uh, they often, you know, die over a period of time. I'm going to say she can garden. 
anyone can around your like grow apartment tomatoes <laughs> from the hanging thing i don't think she grows apartment tomatoes. are these your official answers yeah. yes um so if this had been pre-quarantine you probably would have been right that i wasn't i didn't have much of a green thumb but post-quarantine i've started growing green onions tomatoes dill uh well i did tomatoes okay. yeah uh a few things a few things Give that that to actually actually growing We'll yes. That, we'll give that to Chrissy. I knew you had apartment tomato written all over you. Uh, <laughs> I did. I do. <laughs> but that is a fake way up behind me. Question <laughs> number four. Has Megan ever streaked? Has Megan ever streaked? Now, one would say at first, I would say yes. Body positivity. I'm going to like be proud of my body. But at the same time, just because you're proud of your body doesn't mean you streak. So I'm going to go say no, that she she has not streaked because she was like, I just don't want to like get arrested for being. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm going to say no. Okay. Those are your official answers. Official. Um. Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't streaked yeah. unless you count, unless you count like accidentally flashing a neighbor while changing. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I accidentally. I was going to say I've skinny dipped, but then in my head I thought, why is it called skinny dipped? <laughs> why can't no, no, I no. be fat? Why can't you can I be call fat it dipped? chunky dunking? Chunky dunking. There you go. <laughs> That's it, girl. <laughs> wow, everything fat is so much cuter. It's so much cuter. <laughs> so much chunky cuter. dunk. <laughs> uh, question number five: How many instruments can Megan play? I know you're a musician. Uh, so she has three guitars back there. So one. Uh, oh, ooh, there's a little. There's a piano. Uh, there's a little piano. piano that two. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and I'm look, gonna my say room, my room is cheating. I'm gonna say also growing up, she was probably an orchestra of some sort of band. So she played like some sort of 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 brass or woodwind. I'm gonna say four. Four. Okay. She can play four. I'm going to say three. Mm. Now, this is an interesting question because it's like, how proficient do I have to be at them? Like, am I able to just like plunk out a song? Like, you have to be like, yeah, like better than the average person who can't play at any of them. Okay. Because You don't was have like, to be does, amazing does, at any of them. Does me playing recorder in third grade count? You know, like questions I have. I would say uh, two. Two that I can I can probably okay. play. Guitar, yeah, guitar and a little bit of piano. I played piano when I was younger, but then I just lost it. So now I'm trying to bring it back. But it, listen, if you put me in front of something, I will figure out how to play it. So, um, well, now. Megan, I really appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> this has been insightful, and thank you for being so uh, elo eloquent and, and 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 about this topic. It's hard to talk about sometimes. I mean, it's so it is. Sometimes uh, to talk about these uh, topics, every word that comes out of your mouth, at least sometimes I do, you're thinking, how could this be interpreted? Yeah. Um, and uh, I appreciate you sharing everything and, and, and thank those for listening and hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed it. But uh, where can people find you, Megan? Uh, you can find me at Megan Tonjes on most things. And then I would also say check out Spotify this month because I'm putting out 40 songs on Spotify. Boom, 40. So that's, that's a lot. There's new music coming. I'm an overachiever. There there's go. new music coming. Flex. So come hang out. Come watch the videos. Come watch the music. Come listen to the podcasts.
Uh, awesome. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. It's been a ton of fun. Uh, thank you all for listening. We always enjoy you uh, and tuning in and giving us your time. Uh, make sure to check us out on Monday. We have a fun uh, Ask Nick episode with uh, the very funny comedian and friend Adam Ray. And uh, other than that, um, don't forget to send your questions at asknickacastme.com. Uh, we'd love your reviews. Only if there's five stars, we have no real time for any of your other <laughs> opinions, honestly. Only accept uh, stars. I only, we only accept excellence when it comes to your opinions about us. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding, but I'm not. Uh, anyways, uh, thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Have a great day.